Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Bannacarum, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Oh man, I was right again. Like really, really right. We're going to talk about What's happening with this convoy? Why am I right so much? Coming up on I'm Right. It's time to talk about the truckers versus the system. Um, It has been clear that this is something that democracies around the world are concerned with. Countries that did well during the pandemic with high vaccination rates and strong public health measures are still seeing backlashes against those measures and uh, frustration by people who are tired of this pandemic and the impact of uh, social media and uh, illicit funding of concerted activities designed to destabilize a country that has the highest vaccination rate of many of our peer countries, Canada, uh, around an issue that is not dividing Canadians. Notice how they lie. Oh, we're going to get into all of it here. But you notice how they lie about everything. People are frustrated with the pandemic. No, no. They're frustrated with you, scumbag. They're frustrated with you and your communist measures. Illicit funding. Donations are not illicit funds. We're not running meth across the border here. This is all very much legitimate. No, you see, the Western powers, the Western leaders are all scumbag communists now. They don't care about their countries. 
only care about each other, increasing their own wealth and power. And they have been very, very frustrated the past couple years with you. Why didn't you comply more, peasant? Why didn't you hand over more of your power to them? Why, did, why do they have these limits on their power? Which brings us to me and what I was talking about last week. You remember I came on camera and I gave a big theory, a big long theory. I'm going to play parts of it for you tonight about what I saw coming with this Canadian trucker convoy, why it matters for the entire Western world, what I saw coming next. And since then, that theory has gone wild because a lot of it looks to be right. So we're going to go over that really quickly, and then I'm going to tell you why I'm right so often when I make these predictions. Believe me, it's not because I have any intelligence whatsoever. Here's part of my prediction from last week. I say the powers that be got with Justin Trudeau and had a conversation that went something like this. Hey, Justin, these protests in Canada, they aren't just bad. They're really, really dangerous. Not just for you, for all of us. If you fold and bow to the truckers occupying Ottawa, this has easily the potential to catch on everywhere. I think they got to Justin Trudeau and told him on no uncertain terms are you to bow and fold. You are to hold your ground and at all costs, you cannot let these truckers win. The world, the peasants, you know, you, me, we cannot be, we cannot have our eyes witness truckers rise up and strike down the global elite. Okay, that was me from last week. Crazy, right? Then nobody, nobody got with Justin Trudeau and no one's going to get with him and tell him to crack down on the peasants. That's crazy, Jesse. I heard a lot of that last week. That's crazy. Here's Justin Trudeau from yesterday. After discussing with cabinet and caucus, after consultation with premiers from all provinces and territories, after speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. You creeped out yet? Oh, just, just hang on for a minute. And let's, let's just cover this as we go along. Why did I call that? I had to get with a bunch of people. We discussed it, and this is what we, this is what we came up with. Why did I get that right? Well, you just simply have to understand the three things all the communists have in common now, especially the communist leaders of the Western countries, the billionaires, the politicians. Remember the three things? We've gone over them a million times on the show. Once you understand these three things, you won't be caught off guard. One, no love of country. None. The, sometimes they hate their own country, but there's not really a thought to their country. Justin Trudeau doesn't care about America. Joe Biden doesn't, or Justin Trudeau doesn't care about Canada. Joe Biden doesn't care about America. That's not, how, that's not how they think. Macron doesn't care about France. They are all in it for each other. America, Canada, France, Germany, forget about that. We elites have to get together and figure out how we can gain more power from the peasants. Understand that one. 
The other two are no connection to the real world. That one's often very, very applicable. And three, also applicable, very much applicable here, they despise the limits on their power. The Western limits, you know, Western democracies. Why do I have to have limits? We're, we're above these peasants. I should rule as a king. That is how these people think. I'm not just trying to be glib for TV. That's, that's how they think. They don't look at you or me as being the same species, really. Oh, yeah, you're a human being, but he's Justin Trudeau. So another part of my theory from last week was what I saw coming for the truckers themselves. Here's what I said last week. Something's got to give. <clears throat> the Ottawa police, they've already shown themselves to be more than willing to beat these people up and hound them, but they don't have the numbers. Remember that great Napoleon quote, quantity has a quality all its own. They don't have the numbers to put down a protest of this size, not even close. They can't even, it's nothing. So if you're Justin Trudeau, this protest must stop. You can't be seen to fold. Where do you go from here? This is obviously still my theory portion. I say Justin Trudeau calls in the military, Canadian military at the very least. I say Justin Trudeau sends his troops in against his own citizens and begins mass arrests and incarcerations. Crazy, right? He's not going to go arrest all these truckers. Jesse, what are you, some nutball? He would never do that. Here's Justin Trudeau from yesterday. The police will be given more tools to restore order in places where public assemblies can constitute illegal and dangerous activities, such as blockades and occupations, as seen in Ottawa, the Ambassador Bridge, and elsewhere. These tools include strengthening their ability to impose fines or imprisonment. Catch that last part? That's him saying it, not me. Oh, no. I went on, you see my crazy wacko theory, I went on to explain that they would start to seize other industries that are attached to this. It's just inevitable, right? You can't necessarily crush the truckers right away, so who's the support structure for the, for the truckers? How, do we, how are these people still able to exist here? Wherever we can find that, let's reach out and grab it. Jesse, that's nuts! It's Canada, not North Korea! What are you, some tinfoil on your hat guy? Here's Justin Trudeau from yesterday. Or actually, no, here's me from last week first. Play that first. I say Canada. I say there's a chance Canada, for the public health, of course, begins to nationalize industries. Full-blown communism now. No, well, we got to get the trucks going. Look, we're just going to seize the trucking industry. We'll seize that industry. Oh, the banks are mad about it. We'll seize those too. They would never do that, right? Here's Justin Trudeau from yesterday. We cannot and will not allow illegal and dangerous activities to continue. The Emergencies Act will also allow the government to make sure essential services are rendered, for example, in order to tow vehicles blocking roads. In addition, financial institutions will be authorized or directed to render essential services to help address the situation, including by regulating and prohibiting the use of property to fund or support illegal blockades. As of today, 
a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. Creeped out yet? All right. Now, before I make any more predictions, I don't even want to do this anymore because they keep coming true. Let me just say this. Obviously, it's fun to brag about myself. Who doesn't enjoy that? But why do I keep getting these things right? All the COVID lockdown stuff, the St. George Floyd defund the police stuff, just thing after thing after thing. Why do I keep getting it right? Why do I keep calling what's coming? Well, you know I'm not smart, right? I went to community college. I got a 0.0 my first semester when I went to a real college right out of high school. I'm not an intelligent person at all. You could easily get as much right as I do. You know what may hold you back? Your good heart. See, I don't have one of those. And so I'm not plagued by this nice nature of the right where I think my opponent are just, you know, just they see things a little differently. Look, it's just a, let's all get along. If we could just reach our hand out and shake their hand and unify, we have to heal the divide. You hear words like that all the time. I'm not naive. We are not healing any divides without victory. I do not pray for quiet. I pray for the peace that comes on the other side of victory. We are facing evil people evil communists right here in our society all around you i'm not talking about china north korea all around you you are surrounded by and oftentimes led by people who would have you murdered without hesitation for their political beliefs now you can sit there maybe recoiling in horror right now jesse that's crazy fine think that way then you'll never be right either that's why you keep getting it wrong because you keep not understanding what exactly we are facing here This is a whole new animal. We are facing tyrants. There's nothing that crazy Kim dictator in North Korea is doing our leaders wouldn't do. They would do it all. They're limited by our guns, by our laws, but they would happily do any of those things without hesitation. When you understand that, then you always understand what comes next. When you understand they don't love their country, whether it's Joe Biden or Justin Trudeau or the European leaders or anyone, When you understand they don't have any connection to the real world. They don't have any idea how you live. They don't know about setting budgets, what gas bills are doing to people. They don't have any relation to that at all. They don't know. And third, when you understand they believe they should rule as kings and queens and they believe the limits on their power are a mistake, you'll get it right every time too. You'll always understand what comes next. That's why. Now, as far as what is coming next for Canada, I said also last week that I think the children at this protest should go home. I got some pushback on that, and I I understand that. I I don't want the truckers to go home. God bless those wonderful truckers. I hope their numbers continue to increase. I hope the children go home. I am hopeful, fingers crossed, that police forces who are charged with removing these truckers stand down, back off, don't go through with it. But I also read history books, and that doesn't happen very often at all. And you can seize all the bank accounts you want. We're seizing this account. We're seizing that account. Oh, who? We got your money, baby. But 
the world is not all digital. I understand these things are really powerful. We do so many things on them, but it's still a physical world. Seize all the bank accounts. Attack this, attack that. The truckers are still there. The trucks are still there. What happens in a day or two, a week or two, if those trucks are still there? Somebody has to move them, remove them. In the eyes of Justin Trudeau, he has to remove them physically. How does that look when Canadian forces arm themselves and start attacking a bunch of freedom lovers? I don't know. I don't think it would be pretty. I could easily see a situation where that gets violent and deadly. And I hope I for once get to come on here and tell you I was dead wrong. But that is what I see coming. I see blood. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have a great show for you tonight. More on the bombshell Durham details. This is a really, really, really big deal. So buckle up for that one. And this, this is a really good time to talk to you about weapons. Your weapons. Yes, I hope you own them. I hope you practice with them. Your holster, you have to understand, is not just the decoration. It's not an afterthought. I've got to put my gun in something. Do we have a, a pouch or something? Your holster has to, one, be comfortable. Two, it has to be quality enough to last. Because holsters, they all work on day one. How's your holster work on year three? Sun, humidity, rain, cold. Northwest retention systems, everything is custom built. Custom built right here in America. There's scout chest holster, there's sling, they're inside the waistband, mag holders, all custom built. It's the best quality I've ever seen in gear in my life. Go to nwretention.com and get some quality gear. Use the promo code JESSE because that gets you 10% off, all right? nwretention.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Well, this Durham thing is possibly having some spice. It looks like it's going to have some spice. I didn't have any faith in this thing at all, I'll be honest with you. And maybe I'll be proven right, but this thing looks really, really good. And the Biden administration, they're not saying very much about it when asked. Does the president have any concerns about a candidate for president uh, using computer experts to infiltrate computer systems? Um, of competing candidates or even the president-elect to you for the goal of creating a narrative? Is that something that... That's something I can't speak to from this podium, so I, I refer you to the Department of Justice. Is, is what was described in that report monitoring internet traffic, is, is that spying? Again, I can't speak to that report. You, I, I refer you to the Department of Justice. Generally speaking, uh, with monitoring internet traffic... Thank you, my answer is not going to change. I refer you to the Department of Justice. I can't speak to that from here. Go ahead. Great. Okay. Joining me now, my friend Lee Smith. He's, of course, the author of the great book, The Permanent Coup, How Enemies Foreign and Domestic Targeted the American President. Lee, before we get into the new Durham stuff, can you do, as you do so well, recap how all this began? Begin at the beginning here with Hillary Clinton. She's running against Donald Trump. What happened? Who did what? 
Yeah, well, uh, what happened is, is that Hillary Clinton, the campaign, was most concerned about Hillary's emails going public, right? The ones that she allegedly or ostensibly deleted from her email server. They were worried that these would go public. In order to defend against that, they came up with an explanation that should these emails go live, it was Russia that stole them in combination with Donald Trump. So the effort then was to tie Donald Trump and Russia together. And this started uh, this started no later than the spring of 2016. Since Lee, then- Lee, is, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, I never do this, dude, but I'm sorry, I, wanna, I just wanna recap this. What were they worried about when it comes to Hillary's emails though? And I'm, I'm sorry you were yeah. on a roll there, but no, what no, was no. she worried about being revealed in those emails? Oh, it's very important to bear down on this because a lot of people don't understand what this was about and different uh, FBI and DOJ documents shed a lot of light on this, <clears throat> excuse me, as does a note uh, from former CIA director John Brennan, who was taking notes in a meeting with Barack Obama in the summer of 2016. And Brennan wrote uh, handwritten notes said that the Hillary, uh, Hillary Clinton has okayed a campaign of vilification against Donald Trump to tie him as a Russian agent to distract from problems with her private email server. Now, we don't know exactly what was in those emails that Hillary said she deleted. Of course, she said it was you know, yoga routines and plans for her daughter Chelsea's wedding and different recipes. Um, but we can imagine it must have been something much more serious given how much attention her campaign uh, paid to this operation to tie Donald Trump to uh, Russian, Russian officials. So that's, that's really the order and that's the rationale for it. And that is vital for people to understand. That's what went on. This was, a de this was to deflect attention from the Hillary Clinton campaign, what she had done wrong, and the evidence of what might be in those emails. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, Lee. Please go on from there. I won't do it again. Please go on from there. All right, then what? Well, look, well, let's bring it up to now, and then, then we can work backwards, because what we're seeing now, both with the most recent uh, John Durham filing, which was Friday, um, and Michael Sussman, who is a Clinton campaign lawyer, right, there, his lawyer, started to respond to Durham's filing. And so we're getting more detail here on what happened. The important thing, I'll just give the big takeaway at first. This is much bigger than the Hillary Clinton campaign, right? Because it involves uh, the Obama White House. It involves other intelligence agencies besides the FBI. It's going to include at least the CIA as well. So when I've been explaining to people, when I've been saying, look, there's no comparison between this and Watergate. What I mean is, is that the executive office of the president is the target of every intelligence service around the world, right? And it's been that way since there has been a White House. The idea that there is a political operative inside the White House who is supplying, who is taking data and then who is supplying that data elsewhere, in particular to the CIA, this is an enormous, it's not just a political operation and a political scandal. This is a national security disaster for the United States. So that's what I want to explain. That's the scope of how bad this is. It's not just, ha, 
we proved finally that Hillary Clinton, the campaign was spying on Donald Trump. No, no, no. It's much, much larger than that. Good grief. Okay, so yeah. who was in the White House? What, what do we think happened, Lee? What do we know and what do we think? Who was yeah. in the White House as he was president spying on Donald Trump on behalf of the CIA? Right. We're getting more detail on this now, again, not just from the Durham filing, but from Michael Sussman's lawyers. You'll remember Michael Sussman was indicted at the end of uh, September by John Durham on one count of lying to the FBI. Uh, it was a 27-page uh, indictment. We gathered all sorts of information from that, what had happened, and we continue to get more information. So the person referred to as Tech Executive One is a gentleman named Rodney Jaffe. He's an internet executive. Rodney Jaffe had secured, uh, it appears he had secured a contract with the White House in 2014 under Barack Obama. He was a White House advisor. He also had a contract to resolve DNS issues with White House servers. So this man is in the White House, right, working for Barack Obama. There are different people on Twitter who are pointing out, who are saying rightly, it's not clear yet to what extent the Clinton campaign paid this guy Rodney Jaffe. What we do know, though, is that Rodney Jaffe was working on behalf of the Obama White House, right? So that's where he's gathering information on Trump, making up some uh, a bogus story about how Trump's team is in contact with some Russian phone provider. Remember, there are different segments of this operation and it is dense. So I'm just trying to take, uh, I'm just trying to bring it up right now to the present. What we know happened after Donald Trump was elected, he's the president elect of the United States. And it appears that inside the Obama White House, they are working up this campaign against the Trump team. Now what happens is they make up this story about Trump and his aides who are in contact through some Russian phone carrier, Yodafone. They take it then to the CIA in February, 2017. Now there's lots of questions here because we don't know what happened. We know it went to the CIA. Presumably we would like to think that the CIA, even though they do not, they're not supposed to operate in the domestic continental United States, we would like to believe that the CIA would say, hold on a second, we've got some guy working in the White House and he's collecting on the president-elect. This is trouble. We got to run this uh, to the director. We got to take this to the FBI. We got to take it to the DOJ. We have to take it somewhere. But we know that once they're inside the crown jewels, once they have the executive office of the president wired, that's trouble. Because what would happen if this information got in the hands of a uh, foreign adversary, whether we're talking about a hostile state actor, whether we're talking about a terrorist group, whatever it is, it would spell trouble. What happened at the CIA then? This guy Sussman met with two CIA officials. We don't know what happened at that point. There are lots of questions remaining. My point is this. This guy, Jaffe, the tech executive, was in the Obama White House. He took this, he provided this information to Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman, who then passed it on to CIA officials. My point is simply this. We thought we knew, and, and you know, I, I'm in touch with the congressional officials uh, who were investigating Spygate. 
you know, Congressman Nunes, Cash Patel. And I have to say everyone is shocked because the scope of this is much larger than what we have previously imagined. I agree with you too, Jesse. I, I had been, um, I wouldn't say skeptical, but regarding uh, Durham's investigation, I didn't see where it could go under a Biden administration, under Merrick Garland. My understanding now is that uh, it's going to be very hard, if not impossible, to stop Durham. And as we look and we see the information he's putting out, it's it's very impressive. And again, it's expansive. It's not just the Clinton campaign. It's not just uh, political operatives like Fusion GPS or Clinton campaign lawyers. It appears that there is uh, serious involvement at the Obama White House, as well as different U.S. intelligence services. Lee, this is this is such a general question, but I got to be honest, it's the only one I can come up with at this point as my jaw is hanging open here. How does a nation even begin to right itself if its foreign intelligence service and federal law enforcement arm are now fully weaponized against one of the two major parties to the uh, right. this is it's not just how bad the corruption is or the people who are attacking people on the rightly it's that these are our government institutions how does a country even survive something like this yeah jesse you're 100 right and i've been trying to make this case for several years as i've been writing about the spygate stuff i've told people it's several things it's a political scandal one party targeted the other party, used the resources and programs designed to keep Americans safe from terror and hostile foreign adversaries. That's only one aspect of it. The other part of it is it has destroyed our national security and foreign policy apparatus. And we've seen the result of that over the last month, right? As the Biden administration has been talking about Russia and Ukraine, who in their right minds Right, would believe them at this point. And this is why, frankly, it's been a little disappointing that a number of Republican officials have um, appear to have fallen for a lot of um, information that might not be entirely trustworthy. And the idea that Jake Sullivan, who was part of the Clinton campaign and appears to have been part of the Clinton campaign's operation, the fact that he's out there speaking about Russia and Ukraine, it's mind boggling, right? And large parts of the American public especially Trump supporters, the GOP base, know exactly what's happening. They know not to trust these people. They know what they're saying. So, right, what does it mean for a country to not have a foreign policy apparatus? We have foreign policy interests. There are dangerous things out there in the world, including Vladimir Putin. But the idea that there is no apparatus, there is no intelligence service to resolve these issues, to provide important and timely intelligence, not just to the Biden team, right, but to Republican officials and to the rest of the country, it's it's extraordinary. This is this is absolutely uncharted territories. I don't know of any occasion that anything like this has ever happened before, certainly not in American history. Good grief. Lee, I am sorry, my friend, I kept you so long. I'd keep you for another hour, but I understand you're a busy man. Thank you so much today. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks so much. <sighs> we are in some trouble here. All right. We're not done yet, but we're, we're going to cover all the COVID hypocrisy a little bit more here in a second. Let's, let's talk about something else. 
Let's talk about one of the fastest growing crimes in the United States of America today. Let's talk about the fact home title theft. It's gotten people evicted from their homes. Home title theft, if you manage to not get evicted from your home and they get you, you will spend tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees trying to unwind this mess. If these guys get a hold of your home title, which is online, if they hack into it and go take a loan out against it, it is a bad, bad thing for you. A big deal, not a small deal. Stop it before they get you. Home title lock, they'll detect any tampering and they'll shut it down like that. Go to hometitlelock.com and sign up today. We'll be back. There's been a lot of talk about the Super Bowl and maskless celebrities and hypocrisy and things like that. If you watched the Super Bowl, I'm sure you saw this video. Everyone sure sent it to me afterwards. Jennifer Lopez, LeBron James, Matt Damon, they're all out there, no masks. And so what you'll get a lot is this. They're hypocrites. They're still masks on the kids. These people are being hypocrites. How could they do this? If you're still calling them hypocrites about stuff like this, you're missing the point. Yeah, they are hypocrites. They are. I'm not saying you're wrong. They are most definitely hypocrites. But you must understand it's not that celebrities at the Super Bowl weren't following the rules they want everyone else to follow. It's that they never have. From the very beginning, politicians, billionaires, celebrities, when they were saying, we're all in this together, stay home 15 days, they were all on yachts. They were at big parties, pretty girls, pull out the champagne, let's go out for steaks tonight. Why did none of them ever live by the COVID rules they told you you had to live by in order to be a good citizen who cared about your fellow American? None of them were ever worried about coronavirus, ever. None of them. All those maskless celebrities. You could even make the argument, they're, but they're all vaxxed, Jesse. Vaccinated people get and spread coronavirus. They're not worried about getting it. They're not worried about spreading it. They never have been. Are you ready to ask yourself the question, why do they want you to be? I think if you look into the shift in power and money over the past couple years, I think you'll find your answer right there. Just remember, you were sold a big lie. You have every right to be angry about that. And you have every right to demand justice for what those people have done to us. All right, we still got a lot more for you tonight. Now, let's talk about this, Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It's, it's wonderful. I'm glad you're thrilled with yours. I get your emails. I'm glad you're thrilled with them. I, I, I love it when people write me in and tell me, Jesse, it's the best thing I've ever bought. They are incredible. It's not a normal air purifier. It's not this big tower makes a bunch of noise. It's just this little black box. You're going to pull it out and think, what is this thing? It goes right in the outlet on the wall. They're amazing. Go plug one in, in an hour, your room will smell clean and stays clean. 
There's not even a filter to replace. It's constantly doing in your room what nature does after a thunderstorm. That's why they called it the thunderstorm. And because everyone knows by now, I own three of them. Eden Pure has a deal on a three-pack for my viewers. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, you get a three-pack and you save $200 on it. You get a three-pack for under 200 bucks. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, use the code JESSE, all right? We'll be back. We're in Hollywood. Who do we got here? We got Jay-Z. That's Damon. Elise Theron is here. LeBron. Jennifer and Ben. Emmett Smith. There you go. There's my kind of celebrity. Yeah, now we're talking. Look at that. Look at all those fun people having a blast with no mask. Joining me now, my friend Brandon Morrison. He's, of course, the deputy managing editor at Red State. Brandon, no masks in sight for all these celebrities. And honestly, it's not even the hypocrisy. I've never pointed that out. It's We're still abusing kids with masks in this country. And apparently, all the powers that be seem totally comfortable rubbing that in the face of poor parents. Absolutely. I mean, Emmett Smith can do whatever he wants. But as far as this goes, the hypocrisy goes, it is, it's almost like they're shoving it in your face now. It's almost like they're, mm. they, they don't care that you're mad. These people are above you. They're, they're A-class citizens. Uh, meanwhile, your children still have to obey these rules that, frankly, don't make a difference in the first place. I don't think I need to tell your audience that kids are the least affected group by the coronavirus. And yet, they're still trying to make them wear masks as if it's going to make a huge difference. It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. These kids are going to be fine. Um, but, you know, you you do see something of a turnaround happening right now. It's not just your audience that knows that masks and kids just don't mix. The rest of America, if America is finding this out, including blue states, we now have two governors, blue state governors, backing away, New Jersey's governor and Delaware's governor, uh, Biden's home state, backing away from the uh, school ma the mass school mandates uh, because parents have had it. They just don't want their kids having to put on these useless masks anymore, which help nothing. Um, and good for them. More parents need to speak up and, and make it clear that if you don't obey us and you don't let us decide what happens with our kids, then we're going to Terry McCall of you. <laughs> Brandon, it's not just that they don't they don't hold themselves to the same standard now. It's that they never did. And that yeah. was was so wild to me very early on. I mean, if you bring this up now, you'll you'll get somebody who say something. Well, they're all vaccinated. No, 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 no. Long before Operation Warp Speed was even a thing, five minutes after coronavirus got here, they were caught getting their hair cut. They were caught out at restaurants. They were caught doing that. Why did they never care about coronavirus? Was it all a lie? Oh, yeah. I think that there was something to be gleaned from that. Uh, you know, whether it be Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi, you know, getting her hair done or going out to fancy restaurants, you know, they made it, they clued you into the fact that they didn't care from the very beginning. AOC, I can remember in one video, she was, uh, you know, hanging out with a bunch of people without a mask on. And then the moment they said, oh, let's get a picture, there's AOC putting her mask on. 
You know, it's it was all an act from the very beginning. You had members of Congress doing the exact same thing when they were doing photo ops for 9-11. Um, they, they were all hanging out without masks because they thought the cameras were off. The moment they turn them on, oh, the masks have to go on. This was all a play act from the very beginning. Um, it, they, we, we, could, we as, as citizens, as human beings, could see that the masks weren't doing anything about it. It took them forever and a day to catch up and to, to figure out that this was nothing but facial decoration. And facial decoration is actually what uh, one of CNN's chief medical experts had to say about it. That's not my words, that's theirs. They've known from the very beginning this is about control, Jesse. This is what this is about. This is about how far they can push you to obey and, 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 and testing the limits of how they can, how far they can take fear in order to make you compl uh, complicit. Brandon, I have a video here. I'm sure you've seen it of kids in Israel being told they can take their mask off. I actually found it to be heartbreaking. Check this out. Starting tomorrow, we don't have to wear masks anymore. Sorry, that was that's the Las the Vegas one, not the Israel one. Yeah, that's that's the log. All right, Brandon, <laughs> what have we done to our kids for two years, man, as a society? I mean, the, look at those kids. We've had those kids in such a state of misery for two years. They lose their minds and start wetting themselves at the thought that it's finally over. I mean, do, do we understand this is nationalized child abuse, what we've done? God, that's a really good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. And, and, and to be honest with you, it's kind of crazy to me that all these other countries, not just Israel, you have all these other countries starting to walk back these mask mandates for children. They don't want them anymore. They, they know they're not working. They're actually hurting children. And, and yet, despite all the science from, from these organizations that aren't politicized here in America coming out and saying, this is useless, uh, our government for some reason continues to buckle down on it. And here's the funny thing that you just mentioned. It's not just the fact that they submit themselves to more germs because they're keeping those germs right on their face. They are also suffering levels of depression. A few months ago, an article oh. was released with a study that showed that children as young as five were becoming absolutely depressed and despondent. It was affecting their mentality as children. They, they were suffering very greatly emotionally because they could not be children. They couldn't go out, out and interact and play. They couldn't do things that children need to do in order to learn. Children are very kinetic learners. Uh, and they were basically being restricted to interacting with their peers uh, through computer screens by sitting still in a chair. That's just not how the world works. That's not how humanity works. We are not that kind of creature. And yet, here we have our politicians, these, these blue state politicians, the Joe Biden administration, continuing to try to enforce this nonsense on our children. And I could not think of a better way to describe it as nationalized child abuse. Golly. All right, Brandon, you have a piece up on Red State, how the West will be won. Please tell me the West can be won because it doesn't look very good right now, brother. <laughs> Dude, I am an unrelenting optimist. <laughs> that's good. That's my good. We need you. Curse. Good. Um, here's the thing that I've noticed about Americans. Uh, Americans have rebellion in their blood. They cannot be pushed around for too long. You can fool an American 
into being obedient and complicit, but usually you have to rely on their tribalism. You have to rely on their sense of, of moral grandstand, or I'm sorry, moral do-goodery. Um, if they think that they're doing the right thing and they think that there are people who are trying to do the wrong thing, they will, they will mount an offense against them. This is how so many Democrat zealots are created. They use tribalism against, against each other, against Americans, against Americans. Um, I think that in the West overall, you kind of have this spirit, not as hardcore as it is in America, but the spirit is there. I think you're seeing that in Canada right now. And I think that many blue state leaders, I think that many Democrats, many activists on the left need to pay attention to this because it shows you what happens when you try to push the Overton window over too fast. I think that Justin Trudeau is trying to tighten his grip over the people. And as he does that, like sand, it's just going to cause more to fall through his fingers. I think that what you're seeing might not be an immediate turnaround for Canada, but I do believe it is the beginning of one. Just like uh, a while back in 2009, you had the Tea Party give birth to a different kind of Republican Party that still continues to transform itself to this day to be more constitutional, more freedom-oriented. I think that Canada is starting to experience the same thing, but it really just goes to show you that here in the West, we still maintain this idea that freedom is a is a very highly held virtue and that in order and, and that if it's threatened i mean truly threatened you will see the people rise up and try and start to for, by force take it back right now canadians are being very peaceful as canadians will be but they're they they're not playing around they're not backing down and i think that justin trudeau is going to lose this fight and when he does lose this fight uh it is going to spark a revolution in terms of thought in canada Hopefully even in, in the UK is somewhere in Europe, uh, you're gonna see more people start to turn toward freedom. You're gonna start to see them say, I wanna be more of an individual. I don't wanna just obey anymore. This is nonsense. Let's move forward and, and, and actually embrace what we in the West kind of founded our countries on, which was equality and liberty. Let's cross our fingers for that. Brandon, thank you so much, my brother. Thanks, man. Coming up next. Lighten the mood. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. And I'll, I'll be honest. I've been accused of, what's that word? Misogyny before. And I think that's ridiculous. I watched this video, and you know what I thought to myself? I thought, oh, no big deal. I love that women have been given the right to drive. See you tomorrow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans. 
was on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four caftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.